Uh, but right now, listening to all this gibber, if you like, is a man who well, normally resides on the other side of the planet. He is the women's football reporter for the Telegraph Sport in the UK. Previously, he was with the BBC. He's also the co-author of the Women's Football Yearbook. He's a counterpart of mine, if you'd like that, from the other side of the world. Tom, Gary, a very good morning to you, mate. I hope you are enjoying our hospitality, but we are lulling you into a false sense of security because you know we're coming to get you and your lionesses tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah I think so. After the Ashes and the netball, I think we're England are maybe due one. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the hospitality here has been very, very welcoming until I would say the last 36 hours when we started to have a few a few more people saying we're looking forward to going home very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned the netball and the ashes because we're looking for the triple we're looking for the triple treat, the three peat, the clean sweep, whatever you want to call it. We we want to, and yes, we are claiming the ashes, okay? Just just let's get that clear. We are claiming the ashes. I know we we didn't win it, but we've reclaimed it. What has been the the, the highlight for you? so far this trip in Australia? Oh, the atmosphere at the stadiums um, has been unlike anything I've seen at the Women's World Cup before. Um, and I would say, yes, with Australia for sure and, and the host nation, but, but also teams like Colombia and the atmosphere they brought to some of the stadiums and the Brazilian fans. Uh, and I think just to support, you know, we've seen sold out stadiums for matches that weren't involving the hosts, yeah. which is really special because uh, I would say maybe four years ago in France, while there was a sort of great excitement around the French games, you know, I don't think the hosts really embraced some of the other matches. I think that would be fair to say about France hosting it. Whereas here, the crowds we've seen at all of the games have been brilliant. And I would say, maybe I don't know what it's been like in Australia, but certainly back home in the UK, everyone just seems to be talking about the football now. Maybe four years ago, the narrative was all about, oh, it's great for the women's game. It's growing the women's game. And we've had lots of, sort of conversations about off-pitch stuff, but now everyone just seems to be talking about the football and the tactics and going right or wrong for England, and that's so refreshing to now be in a place where the conversation is just around the football and not necessarily just around uh, maybe social growth, which, which is obviously really important, but it feels like that growth has happened now because we're now at a stage when the football is what's being discussed, and that, that's fantastic. Tom, these are good areas from you because it's exactly what I want to dive into. Let's go back to the uh, us hosting a World Cup. And I, I want to get an idea of what you were expecting before you arrived here because Australia and New Zealand co-hosts, traditionally not a soccer or, or football uh, n- nations. We, we have other sports that rank above that. So what were you expecting coming down here? Yeah, we weren't really sure what to expect because everyone kept telling me that this was not a soccer country, right? That's not, it's not supposed to be big football fans, I, I don't think. But yeah. um, uh, I think it's probably defied expectations in that sense. Um, it's been really nice to see everybody really embracing it. I was sort of... I think we were... Do you know what we were expecting? We were, we were expecting it to be wet. A friend of mine, an Aussie, said it was going to be soaking wet rain all the way through uh, the winter. And actually... For the most part, the weather's been absolutely glorious. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they got that wrong. But the, yeah. They don't live in been, Melbourne, I mean, do they? seeing the Matildas printed over the... <laughs> I think they do. But, they, <laughs> but, the, but the, seeing the Matildas printed all over the front pages, that, that was not something I expected to see. Um, and, I mean, I was lucky enough to be 
uh, in the Olympic Park in Sydney, watching Australia and France on with one of the fan parks. Yeah. Uh, and they were just seeing thousands and thousands watching that game on the big screen. That really blew me away. That wasn't something we were expecting at all. Um, just to see the how many people were hooked and gripped to their TV screens. That's been um, really special. I don't think we were expecting that. We, we saw a bit of it last year in the Euro- European Championships back in England, which we hosted. Um, but I would say even then, I don't think it maybe had quite the same gravitas as a World Cup. Because it's, it's something extra special about the World Cup. Seems to have got everybody here excited. And uh, yeah, um, that's just very, very special. All right, Tom. Well, then, moving on from that, how are you reporting this back home to, to the UK? Is it part of the, and especially this match, Australia v England, is it that Ashes rivalry? Is it the netball rivalry? Is it the old enemy that we know so well? And and also, are you reporting back the fact, what you've just spoken about, that this is not a footballing nation, but all of a sudden, this has engulfed our country? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I phrased it the other day that it's been a country that's falling in love with women's football, and I, I get the sense that's true. I hope that's true. Um, what, was, what the narrative back in the UK seems to more be about the fact that this is England's third semi-final in a row in the World Cup, and, and can they finally make it to the final after many attempts and near misses in this tournament? That seems to be one of the things that everyone's talking about because with being the manager Serena Vigman, they've kind of got a. a well, a world-class head coach and, and a full of players who are capable of winning the World Cup, and that might not be the case forever. You know, and you only get so many chances to to succeed when you when you're all at, at the elite level. So, they, they, there's a narrative, I suppose, back home that yes, it's the Aussie rivalry, but also this is a really big chance for England. You know, the US, USA are out, Germany are out, uh, you know, and Brazil are out, and Australia, England. You could make a case of saying these are the two the two best teams left in it. I, I would argue. Mm. So it feels like an enormous game uh, on Wednesday night, an incredible opportunity for whoever can can get through to go on and, and maybe lift the World Cups, which is really you know a really rare opportunity. I don't think it will be this open ever again. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I hope that does. But no, no, it there's, does. There's, there's a bit of answer about the Aussie rivalry. Well, Tom, it's, not a, it's not a rivalry we've seen in football very much, no. is it? You know, it's kind of, uh, we've seen it in other sports a lot, but from a football point of view, this is quite new for us. And I think Kira Walsh, the England midfielder, alluded to that last night in a press conference that that's not what you might think of as a traditional football rivalry, maybe whether that be England, Germany, or, or you know, lots of other rivalries around the world. But this is, uh, I mean, the women's football, you know, US and Sweden have had a, a really intense rivalry, but. Uh, this is something new and it's exciting and I can't, I can't wait. I really can't wait. I, I don't know if the players are really ready for the atmosphere they're going to have, right? The, the It's going to be quite intimidating, I would think, Stadium Australia um, for the England players. They're going to have to cope with that that incredible home support and it, it might take them good 15 minutes to really get settled into the game. I, I wonder how they're going to cope with it. Maybe put a call into Johnny Wilkinson because 20 years ago he experienced exactly the same thing but we all know how that turned out so let's let's we're scrubbing that from the we're scrubbing that from the memory banks but we are wary of what can happen in games like this at, at Stadium Australia Tom, I want to sort of pick up on something you just said before you, you said the two best teams in the tournament so so you you generally generally believe that Australia and England and Australia and I want to say the Matildas are the two best teams in the tournament 
Yeah, I, I, I felt for some time that the, the winning team could well come out of this half of the draw. Um, probably right, actually, probably right since the draw was made. Uh, it looked as though the majority of the, the strongest sides involved would be in, in, in this same half of the draw. And if someone could get through this half that contained Australia, England, Germany, Canada, the Olympic champions at the time, Brazil, who we were expecting to be very strong, France. what That was an enormous win for Australia against a France team who were really capable of winning the World Cup. Tom, are you a believer of recent history? Uh, Olympics, the last time we played, Australia's had the wood on you. Yeah. The, um, well, I suppose um, my pointing out that was Great Britain and, and a different, slightly different team, but it was, just, it was really, in essence, it was an England team. Uh, the Olympics. Oh, you can, and, dre- you can dress uh, it up however you like. Consumers. You can dress it up however you like. We- <laughs> <laughs> well, more, more recently, of course, Australia beating England in April, and, uh, and that, yeah. you know, that being the only match that Serena Vigman has lost so far in her time in charge of England. You know, in two years, she's only lost one game, thirty-seven matches, and one defeat, and that was to Australia. So that will that will probably play on their minds. England were were poor that night, but Australia and Australia were missing quite a few players, if I remember rightly, but. Um, still managed to to get the win in Brentford. We have, what you have to bear in mind with England is they, they have loads of experience at this kind of level. Which, uh, with all respect to the Australian team, that you know they're on they're in fairly new ground here. They're in fairly uncharted territory in a match of this magnitude. If if Australia cope with the occasion and, and cope with the pressure, I think yeah, I think Australia will win. It, 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 but it, if they don't, England have got the experience of this of this kind of occasion. You know, won a won a tournament on home soil last year. Tom, it's been fun talking to you. Enjoy the Lionesses training today. And we wish you all the best. And we wish you all the best hospitality too in this country until kickoff tomorrow night and then jumping on the plane on the way home. Oh, no, you will have to play in that third place playoff back here in Brisbane, <laughs> won't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. I, 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 left, uh, I left the hotel earlier um, out. Somebody just said to me, uh, are you looking forward to going to Brisbane? And I just kept uh, shuffling away. It's good, it's good, it's good fun. Uh, but no, thank you for putting on a, a fantastic tournament. Everyone here has been very welcoming. It's been, it's been brilliant and uh, made the best team win. Oh, we did go very quickly. Um, Tom, yes, thank you. And may the best team win. We've just got that before the phone cut out. It literally just dropped off. Brilliant stuff. Um, Tom Gary there. He's from the Telegraph in the UK. Interesting stuff, isn't it? How they're covering it and how they perceive it uh, and how they are consuming it uh, here down under. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. They're the digits you need to be involved. Vanessa, standing by with the queue. We're about to queue Bon Jovi as well because it is half past 10.